All right, let's pray. Lord, we do thank you again uh, just for the opportunity to sit and just to um, sort of reflect on what you have for us as couples. And um, Lord, we just want to hear from you tonight. So we do ask that you'd speak to our hearts and that you guide us and lead us by your spirit and just have your way with us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so tonight, uh, like last week, I'm here um, sort, of, sort of leading the thing and um, a little bit bullet point oriented, okay? My wife's not crazy about the bullet point format, so she's adding color, okay? And um, one thing I did learn f since last week, it's kind of fun to kind of do this and, um, you know, like since last week, for example, Nobody said, wow, I learned a lot of great insights. Uh, one couple learned that like, so if I touch her hand, that means she'll be quiet. That was kind of a, or touch her knee, that means she'll be quiet. And so, you know, there's kind of these various things we're learning along the way, some of which you might find practical and some you may not. But anyway, so tonight, Tracy's going to add the, as we go, and um, we'll just see what the Lord will do, okay? So, this is the fourth week, <clears throat> the final week, we graduate, at least we graduate, I don't know if you guys do, we do. Um, week one, we talked about the difference in all seriousness between the bibli biblical marriage and the marriage that our culture says is normal, and even the, the, the marriage that, that would be called Christian marriage. And again, I want us to highlight, I want us to think in our minds, and so much of this overlaps between marriage and life, but uh, the rest of life, but as married people tonight, we'll highlight, you know, the married aspect. I want us to really, and particularly I kind of alluded to it this morning, as we enter these days that we're in, we need to think biblically. And this is very important. And to think like in terms of Christ, Christianly, um, I think we're entering an era where that's just not going to be good enough. Not going to be, um, uh, there's just such a slippery slope that I see happening. And I'm just, again, I'm not a prophet. I'm not uh, predicting the future in any way. But I just see, I just see a cultural... Uh, storm cloud brewing and uh, frankly again as I look back historically uh, particularly in the last few decades I don't see the you know if the storm cloud is kind of coming in and here's the church and the church is supposed to influence back that direction I don't see that happening I haven't seen it happening really in my adult lifetime I don't really say I I it's just crazy happening and I think so it would stand to reason that there's a good chance it will continue to not happen but within our little remnant let's think biblically okay and um, if somebody says well I go to church and this is our normal well that that may be your normal but that may not be biblical and I think uh, sadly we're going to be uh, quickly coming upon days I think that are um, where that distinction matters and um, 
So anyway, that's not doom and gloom. That's exciting. And so uh, we have an opportunity to be a remnant. So week one, we talked about biblical, biblical marriage versus Christian marriage. We talked about uh, that we need to look to Scripture for the answers. We need to look uh, towards working towards marriages that give the world a good picture of God's loving relationship with his bride, the church. Week two, we talked about uh, what we call foundational building blocks of marriage. Ephesians 5 and 1 Peter 3. Here's the deal. If you say, well, I'm not really a seasoned Bible scholar, okay? If you're a husband or a wife, just remember Ephesians 5, 1 Peter 3. Those are sort of the, the, um, the foundational uh, scriptures related to marriage in the New Testament. And uh, basically says, husbands, love your wives and dwell with them with understanding. Wives, respect your husband and let him lead. As we said last week, the way that plays out, I take good care of her and she lets me, right? Now, sometimes when I slip, I don't always take good care of her. And sometimes when she slips, she doesn't want to let me, right? But that's ideally how it should work out. And uh, when it does, everything's awesome. Um, everything's awesome otherwise. Uh, week three, we talked about being willing to move forward and working toward a better marriage. That means open, honest, uh, transparent conversation, even with difficult or awkward conversations. And you'll be pleased to know that we not only kind of taught that, but we demonstrated that we're willing to go through an awkward or difficult conversation, which we did. And uh, uh, one young man in the back row says he loves to watch when I get uptight. And so uh, we gave him a good, good smattering of it last week. And so... Uh, that was that. But seriously, we need to plow forward as couples, okay? And that means there are going to be times when we need to, when we'll be tempted, whether husband or wife, there'll be times when we're tempted to just say, eh, it's, it's too much work to go there. And you probably, if you've been married for a while, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's, there will often be that temptation. Ah, it's just... That's just, I'm not in the mood to fight that one. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready to fight that battle. Um, and I'm not encouraging us to fight, but I'm saying um, we got to be willing to have the hard conversations. We got to be willing to work things out. We got to be willing to come to resolution. We, we can't just like stop our side of the conversation. Uh, and we got to be willing to have uh, those conversations that can be difficult. So, Tonight we wrap up, and really, um, you know, if Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly, we want to have abundant marriages, right? That's in a part of an abundant Christian life, uh, abundant biblical life, and so maybe some final practical bullet points to play out in that context. All right? Very good? Anything to add so far? So... So what are some biblical aspects of an abundant life marriage? Well, one thing is uh, we've said we're all full-time ministers, right? Well, if you're married, I believe this with all my heart. I believe with everybody, in, everybody that calls themselves Christian is a full-time minister. I believe everybody that's married has a um, sort of a ministry priority. And I think I need to highlight this a little bit. And that is... If you're married, your primary ministry is to your spouse. And, 
You say, well, how do I play that out biblically? Because you should be able to ask, so what's the, give me scripture and verse, right? Or chapter and verse. We should be able to say, give me chapter and verse. If you're going to make a statement, give me chapter and verse. Well, in uh, Timothy and Titus, right, Paul outlines um, qualifications for leadership and ministry, leadership positions. And in, in like the elders, the deacons, uh, and it would also apply to the deaconesses. Um, so basically, duties within the church, a pre, one of the prerequisites is that person has to have their house in order, right? And if your house is in order, so let's say, you know, we've got a house, okay? That means that our relationship with our children is in order, and in order to have our relationship with our children in order, just, just in terms of how things roll, our marriage has to be in order, right? If we have... Um, if our marriage is out of sync, then we're not going to together be effective at discipling our children, okay? And so uh, it's like, you know, in terms of qualification of leadership in the church, uh, the family is a, pre- is a prerequisite for that. And in terms of prerequisites for, a, for the family, the marriage has to be uh, dialed in. And so I do think that there's probably, that there's a good biblical case to be made that if you're married your primary ministry is to your spouse and why do I say that because here's here's the real thing and this is a struggle maybe I can say this more for men I don't know maybe you can add to this Um, men love for people to say wow you're awesome okay and so there's a part of me that loves the idea of going out and saving the world because when I go out and save the world, they say, wow, you're awesome, okay? And I have sometimes, if I'm not careful, I have a disconnect between that and my home life. Why? Because she sees the good, bad, and the ugly of me, right? Everybody at work is under the delusion that I'm awesome, right? You guys at church... You're under the delusion that I'm awesome, right? Yes. <laughs> I got a no nod over here. I got a no nod in the front row. Can you believe that? So, uh, and if you don't, if you're not under the delusion that I'm awesome, it's probably because you know me well enough, right? But at home, she knows my good spots, my bad spots, my weaknesses, my vulnerabilities, my strengths, all the good, bad, and the ugly right and she has uh, we have to love each other regardless right when you're out like saving the world right they all just say you're awesome and there's a very and I've seen this over the years way too often honestly there's an overwhelming temptation to fall for that oh you're awesome and next thing you know I'm out there and I'm neglecting my primary duty right and if I'm not care if I'm and if I'm not careful here's how that rolls out I go to work all day they're telling me I'm awesome I come home she doesn't quite tell me I'm awesome I translate that into she's a what nag I had a friend a friend that's been listening uh, he's up in northern Indiana he said man you're loosening up you're using the nag word a lot so anyway, so she said it. That's why I paused, let her say it. 
right? I could go out and save the world and come home and she's a nag. So what am I going to do tomorrow morning? I'm out of here, man, right? And next thing you know, don't we see this play out? Have we not seen this play out in ministry and churches in elders meetings and everything else, right? The more this plays out, the more I say, fine, I'm going to go out there where they appreciate me. And she says, God bless you. Get out of here. <laughs> and honestly, it goes both ways. You yeah. know, like if, if, if I do something for someone else, if I make a meal, if I watch their kids, if I, whatever it is, it's always, oh, thanks. Thanks for thinking about me. You, you know, I really appreciate your friendship. It's not what's for dinner or, you know. And so it, it really does go both ways. Like I can be, um, I could be so focused on the kids you know, and they're really, um, sometimes when they're little, they're so needy, they seem like they rise to the top because they're not waiting, but really he has to be first even before them. And so, yeah. I mean, and sometimes he, I mean, he's a big boy, so, he, you know, he, he can wait and understand that, but, um, but he still needs to know that in my heart, he has priority. Yeah. Because if we're going to serve the Lord together as one, we can't be one if we're at odds with each other and if our focus is not together. So. Yeah. So be very careful about that whole, like, be sure your marriage is number one, okay? And when you do that, then, then we're on that path of discipleship because we're letting ourselves be vulnerable. We're, we're letting ourselves... Uh, uh, be molded into the image of Christ and that sort of thing. And so the temptation to, for the world to think we're awesome, even in a, in a serving or a ministry capacity, is very, very dangerous. Um, so honestly, that's, you know. And maybe that's ahead. a reminder for us as wives that our husbands need to hear that we respect them. Like I used to um, tease Scott that he just wanted me to have a pull string on the back that said, you're Check awesome. Like a bit, like a, a kid's like doll. a Woody doll. Like, you're awesome. There's one up here. You're the man. I know. There's one over here. <gasps> Great idea, honey. Yeah. yeah. And then there's one. Up, there's all kinds of them, right? <laughs> like a pull string, right? Yeah. And it's a, we joke about. Boy, it. those were the days. We back joke when about she used it, but that. when we were dating, those are probably the things that we said and we believed, and they're still <laughs> true. But sometimes we forget, and so sometimes it's good for us to remind ourselves. You know, maybe even like when you're having one of those days where it, you can't remember any of those things, maybe make, start making a list. You know, Lord, and then even ask the Lord, like, Lord, help me to remember all those things, you know, like that he does love me, that he does provide, that he does take care of the kids, that he does, you know, the list is really long, but sometimes I can get blind to it if, if I'm just focusing on me. So maybe that's just a little... And if I'm focusing on me, then I care more about the people that seem appreciative, right, than the person I should be more focused on, right? So that's that. All right. So over the years, we've had, I believe, some practical do's and don'ts that we feel like the Lord has, has used in our lives, some, some things that we just kind of capture over time, some, some things from talking to other couples, uh, mentors, uh, just all kinds of different things. But 
we thought it'd be helpful to go through some of those tonight. Is that fair? This is not like, so this is where I would say, you know, and Paul says uh, in Corinthians and I believe elsewhere, you know, okay, now I'm, now I'm going to give you my opinions, okay? Paul says that, so he gives us room to, to say that. I'm going to give you my opinions now. Some of these are, are flat out biblical, um, but a lot of this is, is somewhat our opinion. So these are just practical do's and don'ts. We're going to start with the don'ts so we end on, a, on, on an upbeat note. Is that fair? So some notes, some don'ts. Number one, don't let the world define normal for you or your marriage. So we talked a little bit about, you know, the world uh, earlier. Um, but there's some, I got a few highlights here. Things that the world says about your marriage, okay? The world says that you need me time. As a matter of fact, you deserve me time, right? Is that biblical? Probably not, right? If anyone wants to come after me, let him what? Deny himself. So, anything to add to that? I just say any time that I start to like, tell myself I need this or I feel this way, sometimes those are like almost trigger words of like, you know what? I'm focusing on me again. Yeah. And so, Lord, maybe help me not think in terms of what I think I need because whatever I need, God's going to provide. And so when I start thinking about, well, I feel like this, you know, my feelings can deceive me. And so, I mean, sometimes if, I'm, if I feel like we have discord, I may need to say, I need to tell you this because I'm feeling like things aren't right. You know, I need to be able to have that awkward conversation. But I also need to realize that my feelings might not be a good representation of reality, you know. And so I think sometimes, too, as, as women, um, you know, we have these wonderful hormones that, you know, we go up and down. And sometimes it's good to just realize that because sometimes you can get yourself in a situation where you're like really arguing for something and you think, I don't even care about this. Like, why am I even like arguing this? And so um, it's just that reminder that our feelings can change mm -hmm. and they can change like that. And so, um, and maybe too, for husbands, if your wife is acting like a crazy woman, you know, uh, she's not going to probably stay there. Don't call it out there. in the moment. Yeah, don't call it out in the moment, but just love her through it, you know, and, and just realize it may have nothing to really to do with you in terms of, like, you might not have set her off, but she may just need to know and be affirmed, you know, like, like he wants the world to affirm him. Well, I need to know that I'm, I'm not going to get I need to know. See, I can't think like that. But when he lets me know that he loves me no matter what, that helps yeah. settle me down. Yeah. Yeah. Soft answer turns away wrath, Proverbs tells us. So, um, okay. The world says follow your heart, right? If you've listened to me for any period of time, you've heard me rant on this, right? Can you follow your heart? No. Jeremiah tells us the heart, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Don't follow your heart. Okay, if you followed your heart, you'd leave your spouse every time you felt like it, right? And we don't need a show of hands. Sooner or later, you have those days. You're like, I need space. I need to just check out, right? And um, your heart cannot be trusted, right? We need to follow the Lord. We need to do what he says according to his word. And uh, we need to do that faithfully. But he can change our heart. Totally. You know, like if our, if our heart is wrong toward our spouse, if I just say, Lord, 
you know, I'm really struggling right now, please help me to have the right heart, then the Holy Spirit wants to do that. And so sometimes I just need to lay down my own pride and be willing to ask God for his help because he does want to help me and he wants me to love him. But on my own, I don't have, um, I don't have enough love to do that, you know? And so, um, yeah, you might shut that. I think I didn't shut that thing off. Right. Yeah. I can love my wife, but I can't turn off an air conditioner. Um, so the world says you have, again, this is kind of like me time. The world says you have rights and it's okay to think selfishly. Now they don't come out and say that, hey, it's okay to be selfish. But when you hear the word like you deserve or He you can't need, treat you like that. Yeah. No one should expect that of you. Yeah, yeah. They'll tell you this stuff, right? And um, uh, we just have to squash that. The world says the purpose of marriage is for you to be happy, okay? We have talked to lots of couples over the years that this is their foundational worldview. The purpose of marriage is to make me happy. And how does this logically play out? Today, I'm not happy. Therefore, it must be wrong. I'm out of here, right? The purpose of marriage is... Because they think that God wants me to be happy. Yeah, if God, I'm unhappy, yeah, yeah, then I must be in the wrong marriage. God wants and therefore me to be I need happy. to move into a happy marriage. God wants me to be happy. And, and the purpose of marriage is to make me happy. That is, that, that's a good example of something that has crept into the church. Well, it hasn't crept into the church. It's, it's snow plowed into the church. And it is absolutely wrong dead out just dead on wrong go ahead you're gonna add to that no we're gonna add more emphasis than i did <laughs> um no but just like our relationship with the lord anything that's good is hard mm-hmm. you know and happiness is different than joy and a lot of times um like if you think of like the world really holds up this idea of like young love you know you fall in love and it's wonderful, but really we should hold up the idea of long love. Yeah. Like what's more beautiful than watching two people become one over a very long Decade. time? Like I love to like go someplace and just like people watch and you can just tell, oh, they're like, I always say they match, they yeah. match. Cause you can tell when people have been together for a long time, their clothes match, their gait matches the way they walk. A lot of times, their, their way their bodies, their bodies match. I mean, it's just really sweet to see how... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I, just, I was kidding. They but do long they love do is beautiful. Yeah. But it, it, it's like... Um, it's, like the, it's like life, you know? Like winter comes, and it's hard, and it looks barren. And if you stick it through, and you make it through the snowstorms, guess what? Spring comes around. Yeah. And then it's... It's beautiful and it's exciting and then it's hot and it's summer and and in our in our lives do that but sometimes we I feel so bad when people just give up because they miss the blessing of making it to the other side of the hard times yeah because life is full of hard times and if we give up or we think 
oh, someone else will be better. That's just so not true because, um, you know, we're both imperfect people. You're all imperfect people. So whoever you're married to is imperfect, and there's going to be a day where you probably think, wow, what am I doing with this? Well, I won't say it. Um, Jerk. <laughs> Nag. Yep. But that just is like shows us our need for God. Because here is this man that is created in God's image, that is filled with his spirit. And, and so it's like God is in there. And God wants me to grow cro- closer to himself through my relationship with my husband. And that happens. But if I give up, I miss that. No. Having said that, like she said, you know, there's a difference between joy and happiness, right? I mean, we've had times when we were unhappy. We've had times that when we're happy, right? We're, but at the end of the day, there's just such richness there, right? And there's, there's such, such depth when you've experienced the Lord carry you through difficult times as he has with us, right? And, you know, yeah, we're happy, right? But we haven't always been happy. And so... The, when you hear somebody say, or even when you, maybe you're talking to yourself and you said, you say, God wants me to be happy. I mean, that is like, that's, that's the, that's the first line of justification. Almost always when somebody says, I'm checking out, I'm cooked, I'm done, I'm history and I'm doing it selfishly. So please don't do that. Um, and finally, again, we've, we've beat this up a little bit, but the world says, sometimes subtly and sometimes not, that right and wrong are defined by the no sh- social norms rather than the Bible, okay? Uh, the, the, the world is now uh, defining so many things unbiblically that we've got to be very, very diligent to define things biblically. So don't let the world define normal for you or your marriage. Fair enough? This may seem obvious. Never be violent. We've counseled Christians that are like, really? That's that's in your thing, right? Like, now, like you, violent now, means don't throw things. Like, yeah. Not who, only who don't you say, hit each who, other. Here you say, don't. you say, of course I don't. I don't beat my wife, right? When I say, do you slam the door? Do you throw right? things? Do you throw things? And um, we've talked to women that they're the ones that are violent. And so that's yeah, just, yeah. so it seems obvious, but there's, that, that there's no place for that yeah. because the fruit of the spirit is self-control. And so if you're struggling with that, you need to first know that it's wrong, but God wants to help you out of that. Okay. But that's, it's just like what you would tell a child. You can't do that. You just need to tell yourself, I can't do that. Even if you feel like it, the Holy Spirit is bigger than your feelings. And so if you need help with that, if you need help with anger, uh, the Bible says, you know, we put malice and anger away. And mm-hmm. so. God totally wants to help do that, but we've kind of been surprised by people sharing things that, you know, we're like, oh, no, you don't do that. So. Yeah. Um, again, may seem obvious, never use the divorce word. Just don't use it. Don't let it come out of your mouth. And if you have, um, repent and don't do it again. And I think we're both thankful that our both of our parents stayed married. Yeah. And, um, and Scott's parents were unique in that they both grew up as children of di- in divorced homes. You know, and they, I mean, they would be in their eight, late 80s now if they were both alive. Scott's mom would have been 88 yesterday. Um, but it wasn't in their vocabulary. 
And so as children, it, it gave us a security. And, and, um, and for them, it also helped them, I think, stick through those times that are hard because life is hard, marriage is hard. There's always gonna be those days where you just feel like it's not worth it, but it is worth it. Like, and can I say something? Sure. Sometimes I think, uh, if you think um, marriage isn't to make you happy, but it is to help draw you closer to the Lord and make you holy. And so sometimes it's those difficult times where you let God in that you see him work. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's those very personal things, like your marriage doesn't get much more personal than that. When you let God into your marriage and he works, you know it's him because you know what you felt like. You know what the right. struggle was. Right. And, and you know and, how mad you and, were. And God wants to fix it. And he wants to, and, and this is, I don't, he's probably going to get to this. He wants to fix it right now. Like, don't waste time being mad at each other. Because that's not what God wants for you. Mm -hmm. and, and you can get rid of it right now. If you just say, if just one of you says in your heart, God help me. It's like the Holy Spirit is right there, and he's helping. But sometimes, like, personally, I don't want to go to that place yet because I feel so justified. Like, I just want to put that wall up, and I don't want to stay away from me. Like, I can, st I can live in your house. I can sleep in your bed, but you stay over there. And I'm not going to let myself be vulnerable because, you know, there are days where it hurts. Like, being vulnerable hurts. Like, sometimes, like, he doesn't mean to. But sometimes your spouse can make you feel rejected and alone, not intentionally, but sometimes like... Maybe not like, even aware of it. Like I know, like, okay, so like God created Eve to be a helper for Adam, and that's great. But sometimes the man doesn't want to help her. <laughs> and so sometimes you can feel like, here I am, and you can feel like, I don't want that. And so it, like for us, that's been something in the last year that we've kind of had to talk through and work through is this whole thing of like, well, what's a helper? How, who's the helper? Like I'm the Holy Spirit is your helper, but I'm supposed to somehow help you. How's that supposed to look like? So like when we're talking about these things, these are things, it's not like you get to this magical point where you stop having difficult conversations or you stop right. having those times where you don't need God. But the encouraging thing is God shows up. Yeah. And, and when we see him show up in our marriage, then it, then it helps us know that he can show up and help other people because God is going to bring people into your life. Like your neighbors, like sometimes people will just start talking to you and they'll start sharing and all of a sudden it's like God is like letting you into their life in a way that like maybe they don't have a church, maybe they don't know any Christians, but they're talking to you and it's like you get to say, let me tell you what God has done for me. Let me tell you what God did for us. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, never belittle one another, especially publicly, especially in front of the kids. Um, like if I say your father, then I know, Ooh, I just said, I yeah. just did that. <laughs> um, it's important that your family and friends don't have a negative opinion of your spouse based on what you say. And, um, the problem with that is. So let's say Trace and I get in a big fight, okay? It was hard to picture until about 10 minutes ago when she just told you that, you know, sometimes she's this way, right? But 
let's say she and I get in a big fight, okay? And she goes and rants to all of her friends about it, okay? And then the Lord does a work in our lives, and we're, we're, we're all good, right? She can't, it's hard for her to unwind all that seed that's been sown to everybody else, right? Even the kids, sometimes especially the kids, right? And it's very important that we have a unified front for the kids. So if we do need to have a discussion or a meeting, we have that privately. And we our, our, kids, it, yeah. our kids can tell you this. Uh, mom and dad are in the bathroom. Don't anybody go there. <laughs> and so we're in the bathroom talking. Mom and dad are in the bathroom. All right. Is that... Yeah, but then that way they're not taking offense. Yeah. Like they're not. They know we're working like it out. They know we're committed to working it out. And when we come out of the bathroom, out of our bedroom, it's going to be okay. Because we're going to work it. We're going to stay and work it out until yeah. it is okay. And so they have some security in that. Like they're not worried that one of us is going to walk out and then go out the door. They're not yeah. worried about that because they know we're having a meeting and it might take a while. But the end is we're going to work it out. We're going to come out. We're all going to be okay. Yeah. And that's really important too. Important that like, they know that. Like, and, and, and this is stressful to them, right? Uh, or can be. And, um, but also, if they never see you work it out, they don't realize, oh, married people have to work it out. Right. And then when they, if they think, oh, marriage is easy and happy because mom and dad are always easy and happy, then they're not prepared for like what happens when we're upset at each other. But if you are upset at each other and you talk about it and you ask the Lord to help you, then you're setting that example, maybe just for your kids, maybe, maybe for your neighbors who, you know, but God uses those things, but you can't, one of the, I don't know if it's probably on the list, but you also can't leave. Yeah, that's on the list. Okay. We probably need to pick it up a little bit. Um, don't have friendships with anyone closer than your spouse. Okay. It's easy for guys to have guy friends and girls to have girlfriends because, what, quote, they understand me, right? My guys understand how I think, my, my guy friends. And uh, we've seen this over the years. Honestly, that's just not healthy. And, uh, again, this is my primary relationship, and it needs to be, it needs to have some exclusivity. Not just, I mean, not, not talking just, you know, don't commit adultery, uh, but this needs to be an exclusive relationship I have right here. But it doesn't mean that if your marriage needs help that you can't ask. Like, I know that there are women in the room that I've known and walked with for years, and if I need help, right. I can at least say, can you, pray for my, can you pray for us? Can you pray for our marriage right now? And I appreciate that um, because we all need that. And, and maybe that's just a reminder, too. Like, if, if you find yourself awake at night and you can't sleep, maybe God's calling you to pray for your marriage and my marriage and everybody in the room's marriage because we all need that. Yeah, so it's okay to have friends, but your friends shouldn't know more about you than your spouse. Right. Um, again, this may be obvious, uh, should be obvious. Be very careful about sin, about blatant sin. Uh, and I'm just going to say this out loud. I have encountered people over the years, even in recent years, that... Um, get into some pretty creepy stuff on in the internet and 
uh, I alluded to this, I think, not long ago on Sunday morning, but we now live in a world where there are extortioners out there. There are creeps out there. And I've known of situations where, like, uh, hey, if, uh, if you don't pay me a lot of money, I'm going to go public online with uh, the conversations you and I have been having, right? And I'm going to go... Or the pictures I've or, been taking or the of pictures, us together, the, I'm going to show your husband. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, honestly, it's just nuts out there. And so... Um, Numbers 32:23 says, be sure your sin will find you out. And Scott always says, sin makes you stupid. But it's just real important that we all remember that there, is no, there are no secrets. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. As long as you know that, there's no secrets. Yeah. And so that kind of, you know. God sees everything. Just know that God sees everything. Be sure your sin will find you out. And... Um, but that's kind of good. It's comforting that's because awesome. then it helps us know, okay, I need to remind myself I'm not going to get away with anything, so I need yeah. to, like, stay on the path. Yeah. Stay on the path. Yeah. Sin makes you stupid. Just remember that. Um, be careful. Don't allow casual boundaries, okay? Um, some of you know if you've been here for a l any little bit of time. You know, if, if a woman has a, you know, if, if let's say I feel like the Lord wants us to have an a altar call after service, right? And... and and I'm kind of planning ahead. If a woman wants to come up and pour her heart out in prayer, right? Well, either her husband or my wife is going to be there, right? Prayer is a very intimate thing, right? Now, if somebody says, hey, can you pray? It doesn't rain tomorrow. Sure. Uh, but if it's, if it's on that level, like, we need to have some healthy boundaries. And this needs to be... Um, some reasonable guidelines. Uh, you remember Potiphar's wife in the Old Testament, right? Joseph's doing housework and Potiphar's wife's there by herself, right? If I got a repairman coming to my house, um, I'm going to make sure Tracy's not there by herself, okay? And so that's just, that may seem common sense, but it may seem paranoid. But again, we live in a world where um, if you're not accused of being paranoid, let me just say this. In your, in your Christian life, and in your personal space, in your personal boundaries, if there's not at least a half a dozen in the world, a half a dozen people in the world that think you're just absolutely psycho-paranoid, then you're not paranoid enough. All right? And, and there really I got at least a dozen. There's two right? reasons for this. Yeah. Okay, one is the Bible says we should give no appearance of evil. Right. So we don't want anyone to look at us like if he's driving to lunch with some woman in his car... Who's going to pull up and say, hey, did you, see, did you see Scott? He's going out with so-and-so. I bet Tracy doesn't know that. Okay, so, so he doesn't go out with lunch. He, he doesn't do lunch with women. He doesn't ride alone with women in the car. It's because he's giving no appearance of evil. Yeah. The other reason that sometimes I think that we don't want to admit is that we don't realize how vulnerable our own heart is. Okay, right. like if things are kind of stressful between us and I realize, oh, if I talk to him boy, he understands. He's a good listener. He's not sure. He knows what my heart is. I mean, we have to all, we can all be vulnerable. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Okay? Like, one of the things that's hard, like, when you're a child, you have parents that say, be in at this time. This is your curfew. Okay? But when, um, 
But when you're older, like we're all married right now, um, but you can still be, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can still be tempted by someone else. And, and so you need to protect your reputation, but you also need to protect your own heart. Because we all, especially if our Christian marriages are an example to the world of God's love, who does the enemy want to take out more? He wants to destroy every Christian marriage. And we see it. It's happening all around us. Marriages in the church aren't really doing better than marriages in the world. It's because the enemy really does not want any Christians to stay married. And so he wants us all to fall apart. And so we have to really be, like, aware that we have an enemy. And he wants our hearts. He wants us to think evil of our spouse. He wants us to be tempted by other people. He wants other people to look at us and think that we're hypocrites and that we're cheating on our spouse and so we just have to like like good soldiers just be prepared and be ready and then just there's just certain things we don't do yeah all right let's go to the do's fair enough is that enough don'ts if you feel like you got a thorough list of don'ts be paranoid just sum it up (laughs) (laughs) this sums up the law and the prophets be paranoid uh no um the do's Okay, and again, these, these are things that we feel like have, have blessed us over the years. And again, we may seem like we're hardcore on these, um, but honestly, these are things that have, that have blessed us over the years. Number one, help your spouse in his or her own walk with the Lord. I mean, that, makes, that may make sense. You know, you've, you've heard people say, like, as you grow closer to the Lord, you grow closer to each other, right? And so I want Tracy... To grow closer to the Lord. Guess what? It could even you could even call it selfish. If Tracy's having a rock star walk with the Lord, right? Is she going to be easier to live with? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, If I'm having a rock star walk with the Lord, am I easier to live with? Yeah. Right. And so that's just somewhat common sense, but it's it. It's like, if you're not in the word every day, let us just encourage you. Like we grew up in Christian homes, but we didn't necessarily grow up in the word. Yeah. And so the Bible has changed our life. Totally. And, um, and, and, and so we do that through the Bible in a year. And so we, I'm sorry, we do it. So we do for, this is, again, this is just for us. We do the, through the Bible in a year thing. And so I know that this morning she read, uh, Isaiah, I think 19 to 21 and Ephesians three. Okay. And she knows that I read that. And so as, um, as you know, we live life, we're reading the same scripture. And as we're reading the same scripture, we have opportunity to talk about it together. Right. And so we're on the same page, uh, that way. And so we're able to talk about how that's kind of working in our lives. And if you think that, oh, that's too hard to do, it probably takes 10 minutes a day or less. But the enemy will try and convince you it's impossible. You'll never get it done. But really, most of us have 10 minutes. And if you you get behind today, then just whatever today is, just pick it up and read today. Maybe you won't read it again for a week until you, you know, it's a habit. If you missed it all last month, just tomorrow is October 2nd. Just pick up October 2nd tomorrow. Um, Pray together on big things. Family vision uh what the lord might want to do goals for the year stuff like that right we've we've tried to do that over the years uh as well as for the little things i think this is important okay 
the Lord needs to be invited into our daily life. And the Lord's a gentleman. He won't force his way in on us, right? But uh, like if I'm going to work, right, we, I come into the room and we pray before I leave for work every day. Okay, we've done that as long as I can remember. Um, we uh, always pray before meals. We always pray like we talked about last week. Uh, we always pray before we go to bed. And God asks us, God blesses us when we ask him to, okay? And, so, and I always think, like, if you have little children, God loves to show your kids that he answers prayer. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like, I, a long time ago, I was, I was always losing my keys. But I think it's because God wanted me to just pray out loud. Lord Jesus, thank you that you know where the keys are. Please show us where they're at. And then it'd be like a thought comes into your head. Oh, they're over there on the counter. Okay, thanks, Jesus. Okay, so... The so, kids need to so see that. The kids need to see that and we pray out loud but sometimes we need to see that too yeah you know like your heavenly father loves you and he is like he's right there and he wants you to know he loves you and he wants to show you that he loves you and so sometimes when you have those things like i don't know what to do it's like he's just waiting like ask me ask me yeah you know and if you say god i don't know what to do just show me it's like he will Okay, like think about how many times it says, seek me. God says, seek me. He says, seek me. Yeah. Um, we have a time with our kids each night, uh, most nights, uh, where we kind of talk about what we read that morning. And uh, has anybody got anything to share? And then we pray together as a family. And so we do that as a family. And, I want, and we want our kids to kind of grow up with that. Okay. Um, Pray independently. For, so not only do we pray together, we pray for our spouse. And I think it'd be helpful to, like, kind of in your mind, like, what are you praying for your spouse? Okay. Like, I know, I'll just kind of. Yeah. So personally, like, um, I was always a very proud person, and I always considered myself very smart, and as smart as my husband. And so I, it was kind of a... So that's kind of letting you see me, a lot about me. And so, um, but I started praying just kind of flippantly, like years and years ago, God just gives Scott wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And I would just kind of pray it all the time, but kind of flippantly. And then it got to where I realized, oh, like, like God answered my prayer. Like if I say, hey, where's this verse? He says, like I did it today. Hey, where's this verse? He's like, oh, it's Matthew 6.33. And I'm like, oh, like he knows those things now. And I realized... God answered my prayers, even the ones that I was kind of like not really, like I wasn't begging God every day for it. I was just kind of praying it. But I realized that those things that maybe God lets me see as a wife, you know, that maybe he needs. And like in, in that case, maybe I needed to see that I was not so smart and, um, and I need to have respect for my husband. And so he's really increased him in his wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And so now I have my, like my, my list keeps getting longer the longer we're married. So now it's like, God, please give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding and discernment and protection and strength and compassion and love and faithfulness and joy and thanksgiving. And so, but God is working those things so into our morning, lives. So I get that on my way to work. Before I go to work every morning, I get that. And right? so, like, and, and if, like today I read, I think it's today, it's, it's either, it's Ephesians 3, it was in today's, there's like, um, if you don't know one, uh, oh, I was going to read this. Yeah, so. Don't steal my thunder, babe. Okay. 
Like Paul keeps writing these things to the churches that he's yeah. praying for them. So check and these out. And when you read them, it's Seriously. like, oh yeah, that's a good one. Lord, please do that for my family. Yeah, like, like you say, well, I don't know what to pray for my spouse. How about this? Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 19. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you. Can we say that about our spouse? That we do not cease to give thanks for them. And by the way, if you're thankful for your spouse, right, it's going to be hard to dog on them too hard. But uh, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. That'd be a great thing to pray for your spouse, right? Ephesians 3. That was Ephesians 1, 15 to 19. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. Uh, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. What if you prayed every day that God, according to the riches of his glory, would strengthen your spouse with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. If I pray that for my wife, I'll forget how to be a jerk, right? And so um, those are just great prayers. So uh, pray with your spouse, pray for your spouse as well. All right. Uh, next. Now, I always have to disclaimer this one, right? Um, uh, this is where, you know, Ryan would say he likes it when I'm uptight. So enjoy. Um, faithfulness in church. That sounds like a, uh, oh, let me start and then you can add the color. So, um, it sounds like a sales pitch because I'm the pastor, okay? But here's the reality. Um, and I don't think this is because we're so awesome. I think the Lord just knew. Uh, honestly, I think the Lord knew that we needed a short leash. And so from very early on, we've always been in church. Anna, was in church, Anna went to church when she was four days old, right? Uh, and so often, you know, you have kids, and next thing you know, the tail's wagging the dog, and well... You know, I can't be here then because it's, you know, the kid's nap time. And next thing you know, you know, this whole thing. And we were like, come on, 40-year-old kid. Get up. Get up. We're going to church. And, uh, well, and even when... And so, let, let me... Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you go ahead. Well, I'll, even I'll when you. Scott was in school, okay, like yeah. he is in medical school and it's like memorizing books that are this big and it's just an impossible amount of information. But we were in ministry and he would still go Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, where all the other students are studying like 24-7. But God honored that. And when you put God first, he takes care of those other things. Now, he, he didn't set the curve in those classes, but he got the grades he needed, and, and he's a great doctor. But 
when you put God first, then he takes care of the rest. And the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. And there is such a blessing of being with God's people. And some of us know that because we've been together for a long time and we have been blessed with each other's fellowship of, of just watching each other faithfully plow along through the years. But it is so true. You know, like if, if the Bible says, if he, let's see, basically, he who walks with wise men will be wise. So if I want my husband to be wise, he needs to be with the men of God. And I need to not be like, um, oh, honey, so it's Sunday. Can we just sleep in? I mean, before he was the pastor, we always were there. And like, let me just encourage you, be the first there. Be the last to leave because then you get more time with the people of God. I want to make a point about that. So often as Christians, we think church is about the sermon right? And I'm here to tell you, as the guy who gives the sermon, it's not all about the sermon. Church is about maybe a conversation that you have with somebody that you didn't expect to have. It's about an opportunity to encourage someone. It's about standing around the coffee pot with somebody. It may be a worship song that touches your heart, that kind of shows you some truth. It, there's just so much there's so much in being a part of a church community that, like, it, it, it's, it, it's, and again, I'm, I, I'm trying not to beat, any, beat us up, and I'm trying not to sell anything, but let me just encourage us. That has been vital for our, our marriage. And it, the Holy, it's, it's not the people. You have to remember, it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit lives inside of the people. And he's working in your life. And so when you start, I don't know how many times someone starts having a conversation with me and they're sharing and it's like, oh, that's what I needed. That, that's God's message for me. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, if, if we're not together, we, we miss those messages. Yeah. You know? And, um, and I just think about like, you know, like the Bible encourages the younger women to receive from the older women. So you want your wife where the other Christian women are because Otherwise, who's going to be speaking into your wife's life? Okay, and, and for your kids. Like, we have been so blessed over the years because even when our kids haven't had a bunch of, like, age-same peers, the adults in church have been their mentors and their friends and their examples and so as parents, that has been huge for us because, you know, we can, we can teach them about the Lord, but when they watch you say the same thing, when they watch your life, and they know, I mean, we, we all take our turns going through struggles, okay? And we see that when we're a part of the body. And when our kids watch how God works through other people's struggles too, then like it's preparing them to be adults. If they were only hanging out with the kids, they just learn how to be kids. But because or if they're the last ones in and the first ones out, right? They miss all that connectedness, okay? And um, so the connectedness really matters. And it's not just about um, how it's ministering to you and your family in your marriage. It's yeah. how God is using you. And you don't know how, what that's going to look like. Like it's not necessarily like you show up on Sunday morning like, here's my message God has for me to share. But 
if you're just available, the Holy Spirit inside of you is probably going to minister to somebody else, and you didn't. You can't plan it, but it's a God thing, and when it happens, it's so cool. It's like that, um, we probably need to be watchful of the time, but it's like the First uh, Corinthians, I believe, chapter 12, the body of Christ, right? You know, there's the eye and the ear and the nose and all the various pieces, just like the pieces of the human body, right? Well, the human body needs all of its parts, right? And uh, the body of Christ needs all of its parts. And so sometimes I think we can, if we're not careful, we can slip into this, this mindset, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to receive a message and, and kind of learn what I need to learn. And then, and then, but no, you are, you are, you are coming in as a living part of a vital, healthy body. And, uh, that body needs you. It's not me up here just dishing out information. It's you are coming here to be a part of a body that needs each part. And so that's probably Even if I, you're new. Yeah. Like think about it. Your body's making new blood cells all the time. That's right. And you need those new ones. Yeah. You know? And, and so it's like we have parts that have been with us since we were born, and we have parts that are regenerating and new all the time, and it's like all the parts are needed. Um, so moving on. Uh, we've always tried to have healthy mentors and uh, healthy peers over the years. Uh, again, very, we've probably made a point with that. But, you know, there's seasons where, you know, like a lot of the mentors we've had over the years uh, uh, are either uh, moved on or, or have had, you know, we're at the age where, you know, our mentors are older and, and um, you know, so there's seasons. And so your mentors could be, uh, people that you listen to on podcasts, people, you know, people whose books you read, uh, stuff like that. But I think it's always uh, important to have mentors pouring into your life and, um, and peers that we can walk with. Again, he who walks with wise men will be wise. Um, again, back to marriage, make the time to connect. When the kids are in bed, we connect, even if it's briefly, hey, what, you know, how is you know, anything new from the day, life going on. You know, guys, we're probably all guilty of this. I've done it. You've all done it, I'm sure. Uh, you come to church and you find out Jane Doe is, you know, seven months pregnant, right? And ladies, you say, I didn't know Jane Doe was seven months pregnant. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, right? And you feel like, right? He didn't connect with me? Am I like, what's going on here, right? And so, or something, you know, maybe more, whatever. Uh, but you want to, you want to, if I tell, um, if I tell one of you guys something, or we have a conversation, and it's, let's say it's spiritually significant, or, you know, whatever, right? I'm going to expect you to tell your spouse. And so much so that I'm going to expect to have a conversation, you know, a few days later with your spouse and say, hey, what do you think about that thing? And it shouldn't, like, throw, a, throw like, an obvious alarm that, like, uh, what? Uh, 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 right? And we've been in those situations, so we've all done that, right? Um, but make time to connect. Um, Study your spouse. This is kind of funny. I'm going to take just a second. I know we're a little bit over, but 
What the heck? It's the last night. Um, I think especially husbands study your wives, okay? Tracy, I always feel like is studying me, so she, I, I feel like she, that's a little more of a natural thing. Maybe, I don't know, but I need to study her, okay? We're at Chautauqua yesterday. This is kind of funny. And uh, we come to one of these, one of the 37 different um, pottery vendors, right? She said, I'd like to get a coffee cup. And I'm like, aw, that's sweet. I'll be happy to buy you a coffee cup. And I'm like, are you kind of tired of your special one? And she says this, this is funny. She says, do you know the backstory on that special one that I have? She has a coffee cup that uh, every day she drinks coffee out of it, right? I usually get up on the days I go to work, I usually get up before she does, I pour coffee, take her coffee in her room, wake her up, but I put it in her special coffee cup, right? Well, it turns out I learned this yesterday. Yesterday, right? You talk about fresh information. I learned this 36 hours, well, yesterday midday. Um, she says, that coffee cup, Nate got it in a white elephant gift exchange <laughs> like years ago, and he didn't want to drink out of it. And it was cool, Starbucks cup. It's got kind of black and white things on it. And Nate got that in a gift exchange. And check this out, this is funny. So two or three years ago, it broke, right? In her mind, she's thinking, good, we got rid of that coffee cup. In my mind, I'm like, this is my chance to shine. <laughs> I'm gonna get online and find the exact same coffee cup. <laughs> So it was really sweet. So I, I appreciated the black and white coffee cup for that reason because he did replace it for, for me because for that last, was it. For the last, I don't know how many years. Uh, it's not like she keeps secrets from me, but she's just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, I learned this yesterday. She's like, so the point is, yes, study your wife, number one. Number two, you're never done studying her, right? You're never done learning. And when you think you've got her figured out, Take heed lest you fall, right? So anyway, it was kind of a fun, uh, we had a, we had a entertaining time realizing that. Um, and then finally, just wrapping up. All this connectedness, all these things that we're talking about, what do they do? They, they, bring, they bring fruit in our marriage. They also prepare us for hard times. Hard times will come, right? We have health things, we have family things, sometimes we have financial things. There's just, life brings hard times, right? Even apart, I mean, we're talking, you know, a lot of times we're talking about maybe marital strife that we're working through, but keep in mind, we need to be a unified front. Uh, apart from all marital strife, we need to be un a unified front to go through the challenges of life because there will be some. There will be plenty of them. And if we're going to do this for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, you know, in sickness and in health, we've got it. I mean, we can't do it if we're like picking at each other, right? We can't do it if we're not connected. We can't do it if we're not praying together. We can't do it if we're not in the Word together. We can't do it if we're not a, if we're not a vital, vital, vibrant part of a healthy church body together. If we do that, we are just like 
ill-prepared for the challenges of life. And so the reality is, you know, marriage like life has seasons. And we should be always growing closer to the Lord. We should be growing closer to each other. But along the way, we find ourselves being prepared for the things that are going to come our way. But heart and joy often go together. Totally. So sometimes it's the deepest joy often follows hard seasons. Okay. Yeah. And so it's just like our relationship with the Lord. Like it's, it, if you watch people who have walked with the Lord for a long time, it's not that it gets easier for them, but they know God's faithfulness over time, and it's like it's sweeter for them even when it's harder. And so I think that's a good way maybe to look at our marriages is they, they probably will have times where they just seem harder but also sweeter because God is good, and so we don't need to worry about it getting worse. It's like we don't need to, like, like heaven is something we look forward to because our God is so good. He loves to bless his children. And so he wants to bless our marriages with his presence and his goodness. And so we sometimes we just need that reminder that that's who our Heavenly Father is. Yeah, heart is good. And heart doesn't necessarily go away or slow down. I remember a few years ago, I was sitting on my porch with friend, uh, our pastor from Indianapolis, and uh, he was on the um, Calvary Chapel Association board and, and all of that, and so and he'd been to some uh, meetings out in California, and um, I forget exactly how he said it, and I exact, forget exactly when it was, but it wasn't all that long ago. And he said, you know, Chuck Smith would say this is like, the hardest year of his life like and I forget how old he would have been at that time like in this probably late 70s early 80s and so you think of a guy like Chuck Smith right and you think man that guy you know Lord used him to start a movement and uh, all these amazing things and you know just this cool stuff the Lord did in his life I bet he got to a certain point that he was able to just chill right that's kind of how we think of it it's at least how i think of it and i remember when my friend told me that i was like are you serious like is that what we have to look forward to yeah right hard times don't go away they don't even slow down they may speed up but we've got to be um we got to be a, a a team in order to navigate that Right. Just like Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong, because yeah. I get to see God work in ways I wouldn't otherwise. Right. Right. So, anything else? All right. Lord, thanks for uh, just th these times that we've had to talk about marriage, and, and uh, thank you, Lord, for the marriages you've given each of us, and we pray that they would thrive, that we would um, each uh, just walk in abundance with our spouse, arm in arm, um, just like soldiers navigating this life together uh, as a part of what you would have for us, Lord. And so please bless these marriages, bless these families that are represented and all the uh, influence uh, that uh, for godliness that you uh, desire to bring through each and every one of us, Lord. So please do that work in our in our lives and our marriages in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for coming.